in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me as always is your co-host, Andy Hart. Howdy, 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 bug funkers. Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Nobody's gonna touch my Andy. <laughs> Gonna race him through the ground. Nobody's gonna touch my Andy. Gonna do the speed of sound. Oh, he's an enchilada machine. <laughs> he taught me everything. Bow, 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 bow. Andy, that was uh, that was a little rendition of Deep Purple's Highway Star. Um, thank you. Like you that aren't. one? Uh, yeah, I. Uh... I appreciate that that's now my official copyrighted theme music uh, that I am <laughs> legally obligated to play every time I enter a room or begin speaking. That's right. That is a legal contract. And speaking of legal contracts, oh. we have a legal obligation to provide you the whole enchilada on today's topic, which, <laughs> if you couldn't guess, by debuting Andy's new song, is about a... Um, Wow, it is about it's about a car, first of all. It's a car. And this this car encapsulates everything. I mean, this this today's topic, Andy, is this fair to say today's topic puts Pixar's cars to shame? Uh today's episode makes <laughs> Lightning McQueen look like a goddamn joke. Lightning McQueen is a bug on the windshield compared to today's subject, the Golden Eagle. That's right, baby. This is the curse of the Golden Eagle, a a demon-possessed car that uh, has led to so much death and so much destruction over the years. And still, this evil demonic car exists today and can't be stopped. (laughs) It, It refuses to be stopped. Its brakes were cut. (laughs) um that's right we are talking the curse of the golden eagle a demonic possessed car that has been uh murdering its way through the country uh and mostly through maine um (laughs) (laughs) primarily (laughs) primarily maine primarily Uh, a small town in maine (laughs) (laughs) okay all right fine primarily a small town in maine that's fine we don't really want to be afraid the girl the golden eagles contributions to horror lore or paranormal lore um but you know since the early 60s it's had a long long time so um if you cannot wait to get in the goddamn car 
<laughs> and um, and get started on this road trip through hell. Uh, you can look into the show notes and look into our description and you will find a timestamp of when the research begins. And then you yourself can get on uh, get on rolling with uh, the curse of the golden eagle. Yeah. If you want to, if you're, if you're, uh, if you've got a need for speed, you know, <laughs> put your pedal to the metal and uh, take this high, highway to hell. Yep. Okay. Well, great one. Yeah. Great one. There we go. Yes, thanks. He tied it up in a nice, neat little package. <laughs> vroom, vroom, Mazda, baby. So, uh, first, you know, go ahead and, uh, you know, look and look at, look for that, uh, timestamp. But first, Andy and I, we got a vroom, vroom into each other. <laughs> yeah. Like a couple of hot little bumper cars. We're two fucking, we got two big old Hemis in our pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a couple uh, of V. We drank a couple of well V8 hemmy. juices. Oh yeah, yeah. We got V8 coursing through our veins. Uh, we got to talk about where Bunker was this week. Oh yeah, um, you know, Bunker did a little road trip himself. Uh, yeah, he, he did a road trip that that you and I experienced multiple times. Yeah, um, uh, he he basically copied us in a way, um. And sent us a series of images uh, of himself doing. Yep, uh, Art and I, of course, have have famously been to Detroit before. Uh, famously, multiple occasions. It's probably the thing we're most known for. Um, is uh, having visited. You Detroit might in the say past. that we brought the house down on a few different occasions at the Detroit Improv Festival. Great yeah. improv festival. <laughs> a tremendous uh, festival. If you get the chance to go, on that you should check hot, it out. Hot Thursday night at 8 p.m. slot. <laughs> the slot they give to all the big time performers. Yep, that's the prime time. Uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. We, we're we fucking so grateful to Diff. The people who run Diff are fantastic, and Detroit is a great comedy city. Yeah, and honestly, it's a fun city to visit, too. If you've, It's a fun city in general. If you've never been, I would suggest going and checking it out. It's it's a neat place with a lot of cool stuff. Um and Mr. Bunker found out firsthand uh, this week, um, sending us uh, a series of postcards um, where he's in front of, where he's doing things that uh, we did. But of course, you know, uh, there's still, he's, things are still shut down. This is still quarantine. Right. We're still coming at you from quarantine. Um, and so he's, he's out there, he's doing this stuff by himself. Um, so we got a picture of him. Uh, going foaling now if you're not familiar with foaling it's a combination of bowling and football um where basically very you, difficult it's very difficult you throw a football at bowling pins um and he's doing that by himself uh nobody else in the foaling place which was I think I was in uh, ham ham tramic that's right it's in ham tramic uh, uh they have a big they have a big like an old warehouse that they turned into this yeah. uh, foaling um center uh where you can play every every little like city that's around detroit is technically like part of detroit it's like it's all detroit (laughs) yeah there's lots i mean it's hard to know when you're in detroit and when you're in somewhere else um but you're probably a lot of the time in somewhere else um to be honest but yeah it's all it's all one big 
jumble he, in my mind. He went falling and he complained. He in the in the postcard image, he complained about how his shoulder was really hurting and because there was no one else there, so there was nobody to like throw him the football back. So yeah. he just kind of had to like throw the football, and then he would walk over to the other side and then. I mean, it's just really, it's very like uh, Charlie Brown-esque or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He didn't, he didn't seem to enjoy it. And we had a great time fouling, fouling. Oh, such a good time. Got so sweaty. <laughs> yeah, it was hot in there, to be honest. Um, I mean, it's a big building, so I get it. And you work up a sweat, uh, especially with a rocket cannon arm like mine. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That maybe gets hot. Um, And then uh, we, we saw him... Uh, he he took a picture outside of uh, Motown. Uh, That's right, Motown USA. Museum. We went on a Motown Museum tour. Um, he's you know he can't go inside. Uh, so it's just it's just famously, him. yeah. He was just out front yelling at Smokey Robinson, uh, which is like a fun thing you get to do when you're on the tour. Right. Sure. <laughs> well, one one lucky patron gets to do it. Not everybody, and even though you raise your hand first, they pick somebody else. Yeah, they they have, and then they have somebody smoking. else who works at the Motown Museum comes over and starts telling you like, "Sir, if you don't calm down, we're gonna have to ask you to leave." And it's like, okay, well, you know, I wanted to yell at the ghost of Smokey Robinson up in the attic, but whatever. <laughs> they have Smokey there. Uh, he's behind a velvet rope, uh, behind a curtain, and one lucky tour member gets to shout their hopes and dreams at Smokey. And he'll make them come true. Um, but Art didn't remember that Smokey Robinson wasn't dead. And so he started shouting at a ghost in the attic. Uh, and we all got thrown off of the tour. <laughs> Listen, I can't remember if it's a ghost tour or not. You know, I, I don't know what kind of tours I'm going on. <laughs> Suddenly I'm, I find myself on the tour de France. I'm like, what the hell what am I doing here? You sign up for too many this tours. Is just- just a bunch of bicycles. There's no... Where's the Eiffel Tower? Um, You know, and then... Okay, then I'm doing the Temptations dance a little bit too aggressively. It was you very know? aggressive. Jeez, it made everyone uncomfortable. Sorry, I tried to put my own spin on it. Well, it wasn't appropriate. Hip thrusts should be added to every dance, Andy. Too, too many hip thrusts. Yeah, it well... It was 95% hip thrust. Yeah... Uh, that's your opinion. Yeah. Anyway, he went down to... Oh, excuse me. Oh, God. The ghost of Smokey Robinson's choking me. Oh, you deserve it. Um, He went down to Lafayette uh, Coney, Do- Coney Dog, an American Coney, Coney Dog. Oh, Coney Island. Island. Coney, Coney Island. They're both Coney Island. And got Coney Dogs at those two places um, yeah. to go. And he agreed with us. Lafayette Coney Dog is the superior Coney Dog. Uh, it's not even a not even a close race, as far as I'm concerned. Although, <laughs> yeah, uh, recently, we ate a lot of hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> recently, yeah, Art Andy brought to my attention uh, that maybe we should have gone off of the Coney uh, route when we were at American Coney Island and tried some of the other stuff on the menu. Yes, I learned that. Uh, yes, that some of the other things on that on that menu might be. Um, just as good, if if not better, than their Coney dogs. Um, but you know, hey, listen, we got opinions, and that's what they are, right? Lafayette, we're Lafayette men. We're, we're Lafayette men through we're and coming through. Coming at you. We sorry. Yeah, we're French, not American. Um, he went to the uh, giant bookstore. Oh yeah. Um, 
his name I can't remember. The uh, <laughs> and Andy is googling right yeah, now. I'm, de- I'm googling. There's it a right giant now. bookstore in Detroit. It's an incredible, proper, incredible bookstore. I got a copy of Chariots of the Gods, Eric Von Daniken's book there. John K. Right. King used in rare um, books. That's it. Yes, it is a massive, like four-story building that is just all used books. Yeah, um, it's huge. It's crazy. I don't know how they run that place. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I there are so many books. It's it's really kind of incredible. Um, but it was closed. So right. in his photo, he's just kind of peering through the window and like holding <laughs> up a book that I guess he brought and he just brought his own pointing at it. Yeah, it's clearly one of his own books uh, that he bought. And yeah, it's just him looking through the glass in the door. He can't get inside. Allegedly, he was kind of going to all these places and like asking people if they remember us or knew us. And of course, none of them do uh, because we're nobodies. Yeah. And um, Mm -hmm. I don't I don't know what his end goal here was, but he I don't know. Whenever Mr. Bunker kind of acts nice by going on a little tour to Art and Andy in a way, (laughs) um, it, it worries me. Yeah. I mean, he has some worrying behavior, that's for sure. Yeah, he went to a theater by himself and watched a Kiss concert on his phone. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he he bought tickets to a Kiss concert and of course the the show was canceled. So he broke into the empty theater uh and he just watched it on his phone in the dark. Hmm. Detroit Prank City, baby. But he wore he had the Ace Freely makeup on and everything. <laughs> I will say this. Mr. Bunker wears Kiss makeup very well. He does. He's got a good face for it. <laughs> He's the man, you know, the man likes a good disguise. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, that was our, uh, that was where in the world was Mr. Bunker this week. Um, yeah. yeah. If you have seen or heard of any bunker sightings, please let us know. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Or message us on Twitter or Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. Yeah. Yeah, if you've seen him, let us know. Now, Andy, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the tables here this week. <laughs> okay. We're not gonna check in with you during oh. quarantine. Oh, we're gonna check in with me. Oh. Uh Andy, this week, for me, my week in quarantine, I discovered an old blog I had in high school. Oh, Please tell me you're going to read some of it. No, absolutely Uh, not. It is, uh, it's not as cringy as I thought, but it's still uh, embarrassing enough that I got rid of it. Um, um, In high, in high school, uh, what, which year in high school? This probably would have been like junior year. So I probably would have been what, what are you like 16, 17 in junior year? Uh, I was 21. Um, No, yeah, 16, 16 17. You, you were already graying back then, is yeah, that right? Yeah. <laughs> I grayed early, though. Yeah. And often. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but, uh, you know, it, it, was a, uh, it was a weird trip down memory lane that I had a good chuckle at, and um, a lot of spelling mistakes. And you know what? I was pleasantly surprised. A few of the things that I still believe, I talked about my distrust and dislike of birds. Wow. I talked about my dislike of thunderstorms. Okay. And that's it. 
<laughs> that's that's the whole blog. <laughs> that's it, baby. Just page uh, after page and then of screed against birds and thunderstorms. It was a lot of you know like melodrama, a, a lot more matter of fact. I'm a I was a very like matter of fact writer in high school where it was like today was a good day. We went on this trip and it was a lot of fun. This school trip and it was a lot of fun. Homework sucks. I wish I could just relax and watch a movie. Like it was like kind of boring. Yeah. Um, Andy, do any of your old Zangas or live journals still, you ever come across any of those or do you get rid of those bad boys? Um, I, I didn't really have any of those to be honest with you. Um, I knew some people who did have, uh, Zangas, uh, back in the day. Uh, but I didn't have one myself. Um, so I read some, but I, but you had an angel fire. No, (laughs) no, (laughs) I said an angel on fire once. Um, no, you said an angel on fire. No, I didn't have any of that stuff. Um, I found, um, not that long ago, maybe when, uh, we were moving or something, I found like a disc, uh, like a, like a burned CD R, uh, CD ROM here in our home and it had a bunch of stuff that I must've just like backed up there from my family's computer, uh, when I was in high school and I took a look through the contents and I snapped that disc in half (laughs) and I threw it in the trash. (laughs) You were like, no one is ever finding this. I didn't even want to remember it. I made myself sick. Uh, it was so it was that cringy. Oh god, it was bad. Uh wow. Little poems and stuff like Ugh. saved uh like so angsty. Like like A- AIM conversations and stuff. Oh, oof. Yeah. You can imagine. So, yeah, I threw that out. Forget that. Wow. Well, that was a fun trip down. Never look back. (laughs) Well, Andy, in some ways, today's topic uh, lives by that motto as well, because the Golden Eagle has been just (laughs) fucking tearing ass through the main countryside since the 60s and has never fucking looked back once. (laughs) That's true. This car uh, eats ass and chews bubblegum, and it's all out of bubblegum, baby. (laughs) This car will eat your ass and not apologize for how bad its breath stinks. Um, <laughs> this car will eat your ass and then talk to you real close in an elevator. Uh, Knowing full well that your ass smelled horrible. <laughs> this car is an ass-eating machine and we can't wait to tell you about it. Here is the curse of the Golden Eagle, the demon car, here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Vroom, vroom, bunk funkers. Buckle up because Art and I are taking you out on the open road today, and we need you riding shotgun. We're whipping out our hot rods, stroking our hemis, revving our hogs, and we're about to lay rubber down Route 69. Our tanks are full of gas, and we're rolling out. Quick question, bunk funkers. Who pumped Ethel? (laughs) 
If you haven't guessed, today we're talking about cars, cars, cars. Well, really, we're mostly talking about one car, but this is no ordinary car. This car has been called the most evil car in America. It's allegedly responsible for up to 34 different human deaths and the deaths of one or more animals on a near daily basis. (laughs) This car's infamous record has led some to claim that it's possessed, haunted, or maybe even radioactive, thanks to an extraterrestrial living in the backseat. Despite attempts by religious zealots to destroy the car, it lives on, as does its legend. And what a legend it is. Bunk Funkers, we've got one greasy, oily enchilada for you today, so let's dive right in. The car we're talking about today is a 1964 Dodge 330. The Dodge 330 was in production from 1962 to 1964, about 30 years before I was born, but um, Andy, I think you owned one of these, didn't you? (laughs) I wish, Art. I'm not made of money. I could only afford a dart back then. I would have loved to drive my dart off a bridge for the insurance money and upgrade to a Polara, but I didn't have the guts to go through with it. The 330 was great, though. You could go 32,000 miles between grease jobs. Well, the car could. I can't go much more than a few hours without a grease job. Yeah, they don't make them like they used to, Artie. Yeah, well, they probably wouldn't want to make them like the 330 we're talking about today. On account of uh, all the suicides and murders that it committed. (laughs) Yeah. So this 1964 Dodge 330 started its life in New England. Specifically on the shores of Seiko Bay on the Atlantic Ocean in Old Orchard Beach, Maine. This car rolled off the assembly line and into service for the Old Orchard Beach Police Department. Where it was employed from 1964 to 1965. Now its police career was pretty short. But this plucky 330 made a big impression. Local legend holds the first officer to drive the car committed suicide that very night. Three more officers drove the car during its time on the force, and all three committed suicide, including one who murdered his family before killing himself. The car also took the blame for two deaths of two other officers in the 1970s and 80s. That car was a precocious little scamp. Right off the assembly line it did that stuff. Now, clearly... The old Orchard Beach PD had quite enough of this death machine, so they sold it to Dr. La Crochelle, who lived on Ocean Avenue next to Suds Laundry. You know the place. He, uh, Dr. La Crochelle, uh, hand-painted the car with a paintbrush from its original silver color to a matte gold color, and he named the car Christine. That's right, Bunkfunkers. The car was named Christine. Now... If you're a literary buff like me, by which I mean I'm super buff in all the short erotic stories I write, you probably know that Stephen King wrote a book called Christine. Stephen King is, of course, a famous maniac, and his novel Christine is about a possessed car, albeit a 1958 Plymouth Fury, that is responsible for a number of deaths. In the beginning of the book, Christine, the car, is sold by an old man to a couple of horny teens, one of whom is named Arnie. Which is almost Artie. Hey, right you are, Andy. And much like Arnie from Christine, I too like to dress like a greaser and had my car destroyed by my friend and ex-girlfriend after they started seeing each other. Romantically. Mm. Anyway, 
Dr. La Crochelle owned the Christine in our story from 1965 to 1972, at which point it was sold to Dave Marco. Dave's son Brian gave the 330 a new coat of paint using an orange metal flake paint. Ooh, the 1964's Cadillac Copper Penny Shade. It's a good color. Great color. Uh, the Marcos owned the car from 72 to 75 when the car was sold to Kenneth Ricker Allen, an old Orchard Beach firefighter. At this point, this car ended up in the middle of an enduring feud between the old Orchard Police, old Orchard Beach Police and Fire Departments. Obviously, uh, the old Orchard Beach Police are none too fond of this car after its connection to so many deaths of police officers. When Kenneth Allen purchased the car, though, it was put back into public service by the fire department. It could fit eight firefighters inside and was able to get to the scene of fires faster than the fire trucks could in town. This car was so fast, it was able to reach speeds in excess of 200 miles per hour. This led the fire department to use it as a makeshift ambulance to carry burn victims from fire scenes to the hospital. In one incident, Kenneth Allen drove a 10-year-old burn victim all the way from Old Orchard Beach, Maine, to St. Jude's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. The car drove so fast, it allegedly literally burned rubber uh, with claims that flames shot from the wheels. When the car got back to Maine, the tire treads were completely burned off. Ah, yes, the original Hot Wheels. Beep, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, in contrast to the police, the old Orchard Beach Fire Department thought this car was friggin' rad. (laughs) Uh, It was a life-saving machine, not a life-taking demon. Kenneth Allen sold the car in 1983 to his daughter, Wendy Allen, who has owned the car ever since. Wendy gave the car its current nickname, Golden Eagle, changed from Christine to deter the legions of... uh, Stephen King, Stephen, Stephen King fans, <laughs> and the Stephen King fans, yeah. who uh, who Wendy says practice a cult-like worship of the car. Wendy says the Golden Eagle is the inspiration for Stephen King's novel, Christine, which was published first in 1983 and was adapted into a movie later that year. Apparently, the obsessive onslaught was immediate and crazed. Um, King's fans have stolen all kinds of parts of the car over the years. Uh, nevertheless, this car just keeps on killing. In 2001, an old woman drove her car under a semi, which cut the car in half and beheaded the old woman. Allegedly, this woman had previously tried to perform an exorcism on the Golden Eagle. Though Wendy Allen can't confirm that this happened, Wendy can confirm knowing the woman, attending church together, and that the woman had been a passenger in the Golden Eagle before. The old woman's death led the pastor of her church, again, this is the same church that Wendy Allen attended, to hire Dennis Morin Building Movers uh, to cut Wendy's house in half and move it to Lake Arrowhead in Maine. Uh, During the ensuing court proceedings, Wendy says it was uncovered that the church was stealing social security checks from parishioners, which led to the pastor being hit with fraud charges. According to Wendy, the pastor committed suicide to avoid jail time. Yet another suicide attributed to the Golden Eagle. According to Wendy, you know what? This is probably a good time as any to bring this up. Basically, 
every bit of information about the Golden Eagle comes exclusively from Wendy Allen. Wendy has a monopoly on information about this car. So from here on, we're going to stop saying that things are according to Wendy or, or whatever. Just know that the whole story about the Golden Eagle and associated information on Old Orchard Beach on or Maine or whatever is all coming from Wendy Allen. All right. That said... Uh, Old Orchard Beach has the highest rate of police officer suicides in Maine. York County, which is home to Old Orchard Beach, also has the highest rate of murder-suicides perpetrated by police officers in all of New England. In 2009, one of the officers who allegedly drove the Golden Eagle while it was still a police car, a guy named Bruce Savoy, murdered his wife of 20 years, Stacy Savoy, then took his own life. Legend has it the Golden Eagle also has a seven-year curse cycle. If you commit an act of violence against the owner of the Golden Eagle, the car will terrorize you for seven years before finally causing your death. Case in point, the Golden Eagle was vandalized in 2010 by an old Orchard Beach town councilman. On January 26, 2017, the councilman committed suicide after killing his girlfriend. In addition to these murder-suicides, Wendy says the car also gets blamed for the Cascade murders. The story goes that a teenager was dared by a friend to touch the Golden Eagle. The teen snuck onto Wendy's property and touched the car. Then the next day, uh, murdered his grandmother, parents, siblings, and the family dog, waiting for each family member to return home, then decapitating them with a knife. The teen then set the house on fire, telling neighbors a demon did it. The Cascade murders were the last straw for some of the godlier folks in Old Orchard Beach. They rounded up a mob in 2010 and headed to Wendy's property to destroy the Golden Eagle. The group used two trucks to rip the car in half, bumper from bumper, or, as we like to call it, hamburger style. (laughs) The Golden Eagle split into a few different pieces which were then sold to places all across Maine. Luckily, Wendy was able to track down the pieces of the car in five days, no less. That's some good sleuthing. That's very good. Which are now kept safely in storage at an undisclosed location in a different town until Wendy can fund the $57,000 bill to rebuild the Golden Eagle. One of the people involved in tearing the Golden Eagle apart is a guy named Joel Bailey. Joel Bailey ended up going to prison not long after the mob attacked the Golden Eagle. Apparently, Joel tried to blow up Wendy's house and later hacked into the Old Orchard Beach Town Bank accounts and embezzled $3 million of town's funds. Uh, Bailey claimed the Golden Eagle possessed him to commit these crimes and that the car had a demon living in it. Ooh, But a demon isn't the only thing living in the Golden Eagle. Apparently, there was an elderly Jewish Holocaust survivor whom the locals called Etiol, who lived as a hermit in the swamps around Old Orchard Beach. He was subjected to medical experiments during the Holocaust and is now severely disfigured. Wendy Allen and some cousins found Etiole in Ross Forest, and they began taking care of him. Eventually, Wendy invited him to live in the Golden Eagle. Since then, many animals have been found dead on or around the Golden Eagle. A veterinarian who examined the animals said they were electrocuted to death, like they'd been hit by lightning. In 2007, some alleged MUFON scientists, that is, uh, scientists from MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, a group of UFO investigators, did some tests on the Golden Eagle. 
the folks from MUFON determined that a so-called, quote, amphibious alien lived in the car, causing the car to absorb radiation emitted by the extraterrestrial. Okay, so the car is maybe possessed by a demon and maybe had an extraterrestrial living in it, and lots of murders and suicides are connected to it. So far, this could be any used car, am I right? (laughs) Am I right, folks? You are so right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Uh, Let's talk about some weirder stuff about the Golden Eagle, huh? Locals say the Golden Eagle drives around on its own without a driver, terrorizing people. In 1980, a group of travelers, um, this is not people who play the uh, RPG pen and pencil game Traveler. (laughs) This is uh, people who are part of the Romani diaspora. Um, We're camping near the Golden Eagle. Uh, when they say it it came to life and shot friggin' lightning bolts at them. Ooh. Several people have been thrown out of the back seat while driving on the highway, according to a local mechanic that was that this was due to a faulty seatbelt and door lock that failed as speeds greater than uh, 45 miles per hour. There have also been other mechanical failures. The car has driven off the Old Orchard Beach Pier a number of times, Going right into the Atlantic Ocean. (laughs) In all instances, the driver lost control of the car and was not able to steer or brake. In at least two of these crashes, the doors and windows also locked so the driver and passengers could not get out until the car floated back to the shore. And apparently, the same thing has happened to every person driving the Golden Eagle. (laughs) The hood of the car takes multiple people to pry open, and once the hood is open... It has to be substantially supported so as not to slam back down on the people working on the car. The Golden Eagle is shy. Don't look at its tender engine and curvy pipes. Mechanics have suffered broken hands, broken fingers, and have been knocked unconscious while fingering the Golden Eagle's insides. And hey, let's not forget about the Golden Eagle's big back end, baby. Much like me, the Golden Eagle's got a juicy booty that can comfortably fit four adults. (laughs) You well known about you. I am frequently uh, hired as a uh, a bench for people during uh, gatherings, <laughs> yeah. like uh, parades. You can hire me out for outdoor music festivals, little league games. I will come and squat, and four a family of four can sit upon my my ass, rope. like a little tiny chair. Yeah, very comfy. I have reasonable prices. Um, but if you try to put something in the Golden Eagle's trunk, watch out. That trunk will gobble you up and lock you inside. Four full-grown adults aren't the only junk in the Golden Eagle's trunk, though. When Wendy Allen bought the car, the trunk was full of antique chainsaws and harpoons. Even though Wendy has taken them out on many occasions, they just keep showing up in there. (laughs) In 1996, Wendy took the chainsaws to the dump. Wendy thought that the antique chainsaw ordeal was over. But after the Golden Eagle parts were recovered in 2010, again, the car was torn apart by local religious zealots. Those dang antique chainsaws and harpoons were back in the trunk. <laughs> Jeez. They just, you just can't, I mean, they're like roaches, you know? Yeah. A <laughs> bad penny. You know, you got to call an exterminator to get rid of those antique chainsaws that are in your house. <laughs> yeah, call Orkin. <laughs> <laughs> speaking <laughs> speaking of, while the Golden Eagle was separated from Wendy, it was put into a car crusher in Freeport, Maine. Once it got put into the crusher, Freeport in Maine 
suffered a complete electrical blackout for five days until the Golden Eagle was taken out of the crusher. The junkyard owner said he felt that the car was threatening the town if it tried to crush it. The Golden Eagle is hot to the touch as well, people. People have suffered second-degree burns from holding their hands on the Golden Eagle's hot little bod for more than two minutes. If you're inside the Golden Eagle, you can bet that your watches, your calculators, and radios won't work, which I'm frequently carrying on my person. Oh, all always. <laughs> if you ride in the car and then put on your watch after getting out, the watch will will face will crack and leak black fluid. That's time escaping. If you leave batteries, that, <laughs> that's time escaping. <laughs> if you leave batteries inside the car, they'll explode after being in there for about 15 minutes. Also, if you ride in the car for a while... When you get out and put a battery in your hand, you'll likely see the battery start to foam and leak acid. Ugh. I always do Jeez. that after a long car trip. Oh yeah, immediately put a battery in my the hand. The Golden Eagle is like the Golden Eagle is like some of our most elusive celebrities. It hates being photographed. If the car doesn't melt the film or flat out destroy your camera, it will likely not allow you to develop a successful photograph. There have been only two clear photos taken of the car since 1964. Despite all the murders and suicides and serious injuries and antique chainsaws and harpoons, the Golden Eagle is a tourist magnet. Old Orchard Beach was a sleepy little town on the coast before Christine was written. In 1980, there were 1,000 full-time residents with 2,000 to 3,000 summer tourists annually. After Christine was published in 1983, Old Orchard Beach began to average 2 million tourists per year. For you math heads out there, that's an almost 66,666% increase. Creepy. Population in Old Orchard Beach also blossomed to 12,000 full-time residents by 2007, which is a much less eerie 1,100% increase. Now, as we know, the Golden Eagle was put into storage in a different town in 2010. Since then, Old Orchard Beach has seen a big drop-off in both residency and tourism. The town where the Golden Eagle is stored now, though, has seen a huge uptick, similar to what Old Orchard Beach experienced. The town has also experienced an uptick in suicides and murders involving police officers. So that's it, bunkfunkers. That's the tale of the Golden Eagle, the world's most evil car. Look. We always try to give you the whole enchilada on every topic. You know that. So in this case, because the entire lore of the Golden Eagle comes from Wendy Allen, well, we're going to give you some info on Wendy Allen, too. So who is Wendy Allen? Well, Wendy is an Old Orchard Beach native and self-described as an author, an artist, a cosplayer, and an art car designer. Uh, Wendy is also a haunted car collector with the Golden Eagle being the second haunted car adding to the collection. In addition to the Golden Eagle, Wendy also owns an autism awareness car called the Ra the Dazzling Raspberry, uh, spelled with uh, double Zs, double Zs, and uh, a transgender awareness tour, tour bus called the No Hurry and Rosebud, which doubles as Wendy's home. Wendy goes by the name Eel Cat Wendy, the sea witch of Old Orchard Beach, and others. Wendy claims to have inherited the title Queen of the Gypsies from a grandmother and claims Romani heritage. 
Wendy claims to live on a plot of land originally settled by in the in the 1530s by Wendy's family, making their family the oldest settling family in the USA still living on the original settlement plot. Now, it's hard to find much evidence for Wendy's claims here, uh, which uh, frankly will become a theme <laughs> for some historical contest, historical context. Oh. Typo. Oh, oh, typo. Hey, I read the teleprompter. <laughs> For some historical context, according to history, that is, the coastlines of Maine were mapped by Europeans in 1525, but no settlements were established until 1604. Old Orchard Beach was not officially settled until 1657. Hey, speaking of claims, let's dig into some of these, huh? Since we're talking about Wendy's family, let's talk about the Stephen King connection. Obviously, the big claim here is that Stephen King's novel, Christine, is based off of the Golden Eagle story. According to Stephen King's website, he was inspired to write Christine when he saw the odometer on his car roll over to 10,000. It made him think about a car's odometer going backwards, and the car keeps getting younger, so to speak, until it just breaks down into parts. Kind of like an automotive Benjamin Buttons. While the story similarities are apparent, there's no evidence that Stephen King was aware of the Golden Eagle lore before writing Christine. Another Wendy Allen-Stephen King connection is to King's book Thinner, part of which is set in Old Orchard Beach. In Thinner, a big fat attorney is getting a hand job from his wife in the car while he's driving, and he runs over an old gypsy woman. The attorney milks his connections to beat off the charges, but ultimately comes into contact with the gypsy woman's father, who curses him. The attorney begins losing weight uncontrollably, and the corrupt officials who helped him get off commit suicide. The attorney eventually eats a strawberry pie with his blood in it and dies. A tale as old as time. Thinner is based on Wendy's uh, family, and the movie Thinner was filmed on Wendy's property with the Golden Eagle on set. Of course, this is all according to Wendy alone. Everything we found says that while Thinner was filmed at a number of locations around Maine, Old Orchard Beach was not among them. Also, Stephen King says the inspiration for Thinner was drawn from his own experience where a doctor told him to lose weight because he was a chain-smoking fat ass headed for a heart attack town. Well, while we're on the topic of Stephen King's big fat ass, <laughs> one of my favorite topics. He's my rival in my uh he's he's my rival in my uh big fat butt uh chair hire business. <laughs> yeah. Famously large assed Stephen King is. Let's talk about the tourism and population claims Wendy made. As a refresher, Wendy claims that when the Golden Eagle was put into storage in another town, Old Orchard Beach's tourism and population collapsed, while the other town surged. Despite these claims, Old Orchard Beach continues to be a relatively popular tourist destination. As far as population goes, Wendy's numbers, well, they don't quite add up. Wendy claims that 1,000 Old Orchard Beach, uh, there, there was, Wendy claims 1,000 Old Orchard Beach res, full-time residents in 1980, but census data shows the population at more than 6,000 that same year. When the population did drop, from the 2000 census to the 2010 census, the, the total number of residents was over 8,000 both years. The town where the car was moved, now that does remain a mystery, so it's not possible to verify or refute the claims related to it. As for Etiole and his origins, there's not any non-Wendy source material about him that we could find. 
That said, there is at least some precedent for potential extraterrestrial activity in Old Orchard Beach. In the 1970s, September 11th, 1976 to be exact, Dr. Herbert Hopkins had a hypnosis session with a patient who was trying to recall the details of a supposed UFO abduction. Dr. Hopkins got a call from a UFO researcher from New Jersey who said they'd heard about the case and wanted to help. When the researcher arrived at Dr. Hopkins' house, only moments after hanging up the phone, by the way, Dr. Hopkins was greeted by a pasty man wearing lipstick, dressed in a black suit, white shirt, black tie, and a black hat. During the weird conversation they had, the man asked Dr. Hopkins if he knew about Barney Hill, who had a somewhat famous extraterrestrial encounter, before telling him that Barney Hill died because he knew too much. After the man left Dr. Hopkins' house, Dr. Hopkins tried to contact the research organization to which the man claimed to belong. No such organization ever existed. The mystery man is believed by some to be one of the men in black, suspected agents of the government running interference where humans experience extraterrestrial encounters. Also a blockbuster 1997 film starring Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It's a good one. (laughs) All right. Well, while all these claims are great, nah, let's get to the real meat of the story. The suicides, the murders, and other crimes. Let's start at the beginning with the police officers of Old Orchard Beach who committed suicide. Now, uh, I mean, there's not a ton of evidence that we could find for these incidents except for one, which we mentioned earlier. As we told you earlier, Bruce Savoy murdered his wife, wife and himself in 2009. Bruce is specifically mentioned by Wendy as one of the officers who drove the Golden Eagle during its days on the police force. But the story about Bruce's murder-suicide is true. It's also true that Bruce Savoy was a former Old Orchard Orchard Beach police officer. The connection to the Golden Eagle is a little more tenuous. Bruce Savoy was 55 years old when he took his own life in 2009. We know from Wendy that the Golden Eagle was used by the Old Orchard Beach police from 1964 to 1965. Given Bruce's age, he was born in either 1952 or 1953. Well, that means that he would have only been 12 or 13 years old when the police force in Old Orchard Beach was driving around this demon car. Wendy also mentions the Golden Eagle getting credit for the so-called Cascade Murders. If you recall, this is the case where a teen got dared to touch the Golden Eagle, touch the car, beheaded his whole family, including the family dog, then set the house on fire claiming a demon did it. While we didn't find any evidence of anything called the Cascade Murders, we did find a story that approximately corresponds with the details mentioned by Wendy. On February 20th, 2008, 21-year-old Matthew Cushing stabbed his mother, stepfather, and stepbrother to death, then set the house on fire, ultimately killing the family dog, which was in a kennel at the time. Cushing pleaded guilty in court and was sentenced to life in prison three times over. Obviously, there are some discrepancies here between Wendy's story and the actual story, again, assuming we are truly talking about the same event. Cushing was 21 years old, not a teenager. The number of murders committed was fewer than claimed by Wendy. Uh, Cushing also did not claim demonic possession. He told police detectives that he was upset about the breakup of his mother and stepfather's marriage, fearing his mother could not support herself. He even took full responsibility for the murders in court. As far as we know, Cushing also did not go immediately from touching 
the Golden Eagle. Uh, the Golden Eagle isn't isn't mentioned anywhere in the press coverage. Uh, he came to the family home where the murders were committed from his own apartment. Now, over the years, Wendy has cited a lot of examples of property damage, vandalism, and frankly, some pretty serious crimes. As with a lot of things in the story, there's not a ton of evidence that we found for these incidents. About the only real evidence we could find is that uh, that kind of relates to some of the events referenced by Wendy is a filing in the Maine Supreme Court in 2016 related to the town of Old Orchard Beach versus Wendy Allen. Um, apparently, Old Orchard Beach took possession of 10 of Wendy's cats and sued for restitution for veterinary expenses. Wendy appealed all the way to the Maine Supreme Court, which ultimately said that the district court made the right decision in ruling the town should retain Wendy's cats and that Wendy should pay the veterinary bills. Other than that, though, well, there's not much meat in the media or other public records that we found. One prominent example of vandalism cited by Wendy is when in 2010, in response to the Cascade mur- murders, a mob of churchgoers went to Wendy's property and ripped the Golden Eagle in half. As we said, hamburger style. As Wendy says, Joel Bailey was a member of the mob and was later sent to prison after trying to blow up Wendy's house and embezzling Old Orchard Beach Town funds. Well, the evidence we did find is that a man named Joel Bailey from Saco, or Sacco, uh, one of Old Orchard Beach's neighbors, was sent to prison in 2012 for stealing $600,000 from his employer named the Jordan Group. Now, there's no evidence that Bailey claimed demonic possession when made him misappropriate the company's funds. So, clearly, well, the facts here don't really match up with the lore. Another example of vandalism cited by Wendy is when a town councilor vandalized the Golden Eagle, also in 2010. Seven years after the event in 2017, the councilor committed suicide after killing his girlfriend, so the story goes. So, there is evidence, maybe kind of for the death of a town councilor. I mean, it's not necessarily a suicide, though. Uh, There's not really evidence of the vandalism itself. Again... The connection to the Golden Eagle is really only referenced by Wendy. On January 23rd, 2017, Dana Furtado, a former Old Orchard Beach town counselor, was found dead in his home alongside Amber Morrow. The pair were found to have died due to overdoses of fentanyl, a powerful opioid drug. The autopsy did not reveal any evidence the drug was administered intravenously, so the couple likely snorted it. It also appeared that the overdoses were accidental, not suicides. Uh, one other minor discrepancy in the car's story to mention, uh, Wendy says the Golden Eagle's current paint color is Cadillac's 1964 Copper Penny shade. Uh, we didn't find any evidence that Cadillac had an orange metal flake paint called Copper Penny in 1964. Uh, and really, with this story, there are just a lot of little discrepancies like that. There's very little evidence corroborating the claims Wendy Allen makes about the car. Even where there is evidence, it doesn't match the lore of the Golden Eagle exactly. Also, just about all media referencing the Golden Eagle uses Wendy Allen as a source. Is the Golden Eagle really a possessed car hell-bent on destruction and death? Is it the former home of a visitor from beyond the stars? Is Is its history really just the creation of an imaginative author? Thank you.
Hey, welcome back, bunkfuckers. That was our research of the Golden Eagle uh, demon preserved. P- <laughs> oh, no. Preserved? Art's been preserved. Possessed? Oh, God, I've been possessed. I've been preserved. I've been pizzoned. <laughs> oh, God. You better not, You better hope you never drive a car that's been uh, pizzoned by a pizza demon. <laughs> or pizzoned by the demon of uh, John Schneider. <laughs> Formerly Papa John Schneider. Oh boy, Schneider. He got stripped of his, got stripped of his Papa title. He's no longer a Papa. <laughs> yeah. He lost the rank of Papa. <laughs> um, yeah, you don't want to drive a car that's been uh, pizzoned by a pazeman. You ever have a pizzone? You ever eat one of those? I never had a pizzone. But I used to say uh, get pizzoned because it was funny. Yeah, it is funny. I think I had one once. It wasn't good. Oh. They were like calzones, right? Yeah. It was like the Pizza Hut version of a calzone. And they just decided to call it a pizzone. A pizzone. Because, you know, hmm. <laughs> calzone's not a, not a well-known term, so you have yeah. opportunity to create your own it. title there. Yeah. Um, well, Andy, uh, a lot of hard evidence on this yeah, one. There's huh? a lot to, there's a lot to sort through on this. Uh, vroom, 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 <laughs> baby. Hey, I'll say this. The golden Eagle is the perfect example of why you always got to check the car facts. The car Fox would never have let this happen. Old Orchard oh, Beach the car police. Fox would never. The car no. Fox would have been all over this. He would have been like, did you check the car facts? Fucking, I, I like to imagine the car Fox is just like this, like tyrant like he's just a horrible fucking like he's just like if you don't want to check on the fucking carfax or maybe he's more of like an office space kind of guy where he's like yeah uh yeah i'm gonna need you to come in this weekend and uh get me those car faxes uh yeah um i think that uh the car fox probably is um more like um I think that I think that the Car Fox is is probably like mom from Futurama in that he's like real <laughs> you know, he looks like real helpful in the TV ads and then off camera he's a real <laughs> asshole. Yeah. Just belittles everybody. Yeah. You fucking idiot. You didn't check the Carfax, did you, you stupid fucking moron? <laughs> you deserve He asks people You deserve what you get. To check the, he asks people to check the facts on like everything. <laughs> Be like, and make and get my fucking tuna salad for lunch, and make sure you check the tuna facts. The tuna fa- everything is a facts. <laughs> They're just like, I don't know what that is. Hey, go get some toilet paper and wipe my ass facts. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, he's tough. Um, yeah, he's a real asshole. Uh, you know, Andy. Uh, here's the thing: a lot of this story. We've said it, and we said it in the research is according to Wendy. And I want to be clear about something that wasn't to me clear in the script. Okay, is that when we're saying according to Wendy, that is not to be confused with all the other times in all of our other episodes when we have said according to Wendy's, right? As it as Wendy's, the fast food chain is frequently a source. You know, for most UFO, paranormal, and conspiracy topics. Right. Uh, we've uh, obviously 
the Wendy's Twitter account has been linked in the show notes on almost every episode because uh, yeah. we take uh, so much information from 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 Wendy's. Uh, I mean, you know, you, that's why you'll hear things like in some of our uh, previous episodes, uh, we'll we'll say things like, and then they saw it, a large. Um, circular baconator shaped saucer floating above their heads you know that that's like a source we get according to wind right or you know people <laughs> like uh when they're looking for buried treasure they dig down deep and find a baked potato <laughs> yeah deep in the earth in a treasure chest that's right that's right uh you know or uh, like uh famously we've done some cryptid episodes you you might hear quotes like the footage is sh- the video footage is shaky, but you can clearly see, according to Wendy's, what is a frosty walking upright through the forest. <laughs> Anthropomorphic frosty. <laughs> the government has always known about the existence of fresh, never frozen square beef patties, and but they refuse to acknowledge, they acknowledge it. it. That's why they're kept in a secret meat locker in area 51 <laughs> that's uh that was the whole subject of the air force's project where's the beef <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, where's the beef project the wtb famously <laughs> project wtb famously uh bob lazar worked on <laughs> a secret <laughs> a secret chili recipe <laughs> in the nevada desert <laughs> for a few months <laughs> Yeah, a, a famous spicy nugs yeah. recipe. <laughs> That's what they were really engineering at S4, spicy nuggets. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, so I just wanted to clear that up, you know, hey, so in case you. there's any confusion. There probably was a lot of confusion. People people start hearing things like, according to Wendy, they think we mean Wendy's. We it's, don't. We mean Wendy. <laughs> but this one time, we're not talking about Wendy's, the fast food restaurant. Boy, Wendy... Uh, I mean, quite the imaginative author, I'll say that. Wendy Wendy is a character. Uh, Wendy is Wendy, a character. Got a lot of interesting opinions on The Witcher. <laughs> now, I'm not qualified to to opine on Witcher-related opinions, but uh, would, oh, would, you like to, would you like to go into it? Uh, I don't know if I do. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, Listen, listeners, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to my Witcher lore, okay? okay. I love the books. The, the books are... Books are the books are the fucking that's the lore, okay? The games are the well, I should say the third game is the best piece of Witcher fan fiction that has ever existed. Because while it doesn't necessarily always follow the lore correctly, and it does a lot of things that are totally kind of off the walls sometimes, it is the closest we will ever get to playing in a world of the Witcher world. Okay, I don't want to bore people, but the Netflix show is a piece of hot trash fucking garbage. It's a mediocre fantasy show, and as an adaptation, it is a fucking, like, dumpster fire piece of crap. (laughs) I don't want to hear it. As an adaptation of the books, which is what we were told we were getting, it is, it missed so many marks. It's not even funny. As a standalone fantasy show, it is mediocre at best, and I will fight anyone on this. <laughs> I will debate it, and I have. Oh boy, I have, I have debated my friends for hours 
multiple hours, literally letting my dinner get cold as it is sitting there next to me, <laughs> arguing about The Witcher. <laughs> anyway, um, Wendy Allen is entitled to write fan fiction if she wants. I'm just saying. I'm just joking. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They, write your fucking fan fiction. Have you played? Have you played uh, Witcher three? Oh, I've played all of them. Um, what do you? What do you? I have the. Pen and paper RPG. I have the Witcher board game, the Witcher lunchbox, the Witcher. Here's one. <laughs> the Witcher t-shirt. Here's one claim that I couldn't really investigate uh, much deeper. I thought you might know more about it. What do you make of Wendy's uh, claim that uh, that she got the the high set a world record that a world record was set for the highest level uh, ever achieved in Witcher Three, and that 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 record is held by Wendy Allen. Sure. If you play that game enough, um, I don't know if there's a level cap to that oh, game. Okay. I mean, I think you think you could just keep. I think you could just keep doing. I mean, it would take. It would take an, uh, just an insane amount of grinding, on a singular save file. But I think you could do it. I think things keep spawning. I don't think things stop despawning. If you kill like every fucking monster in the whole massive map. <laughs> so you could just keep doing over and over and over and keep getting higher and higher levels. Yeah, it would just take fucking forever. Okay. I wasn't sure of the mechanics. That's, a, that's why I ask. Yeah. Uh, she could be entitled to that claim. Okay. I can neither confirm okay. or deny. Very good. Um, What do you think about this car art? You digging it? I don't like cars. Ooh, yeah, you don't actually. I'm not a car guy. That. Are you? Are you a car I'm guy? I'm not a car guy. I don't. I'm not afraid of cars like you are. But I okay. I'm not afraid. I'm of not cars. a car guy. I just haven't driven a car in like probably seven years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know anything about cars. Okay, I'm not like. Yeah. I'm not like a gearhead. I'm just a guy who who has a car. I got to take yeah. it to a mechanic. You just need yeah. it. It's a it's just a way a to get around. Um yeah, I'm not a car guy. I never have nah. been. I've just I think some of them are cool. Like when I was younger, I was really into I liked Corvettes. Like I specifically liked like 1965. Uh I forget what it was fucking wow. called. I think it it wasn't a Chevy Stingray. I think it was a just a 1965 Corvette. Mm-hmm. Um and I really liked that car a lot. And that was a fucking cool car to me. Mm, you're like Guy Fieri. Somebody in my neighborhood owned a 70 or 60 something, maybe 70 something Stingray. I mean, it's a badass looking car. And it was in like yellow. It was really cool. Um, And I wanted to buy it when I was in high school because it was always for sale. Yeah. And I just never, I don't know. I never did. Um, <laughs> My parents were like, why the fuck do you need a car? And I was like, yeah, I guess you're right. I don't know, to be cool. <laughs> to have a fucking life, mom. Then I wrote about it in my Yeah, journal. right. That was in the, on um, your blog. Yeah, I don't, I just, I'm like, my dad and I used to go to the uh, auto show here in Chicago. There's there's a massive auto show. The Chicago Auto Show, I think it's yeah. called. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, and we used to go to that. And it's like it's like a multiple day thing. It's fucking huge. It's cars ever. And like it was it was okay. 
I hated walking around. <laughs> I wasn't that into uh, it. Is your dad a car guy? I don't know. Not really. Yeah. He owned motorcycles. Cool. But cars, I don't know. I think cars are just like, what's the best deal? <laughs> what's what's the thing that'll get the best gas mileage and have the best deal? You I'm know? always saying, which is, thing is the most reliable, the most comfortable, yeah. and the best on gas mileage? It's like at the intersection of those three things, that's where I'm buying. Well, apparently the Golden Eagle tops all three because it can drive itself mm. and it just runs on hate yeah. and <laughs> yeah, blood and bloodlust. That's true. No no stories about the Golden Eagle ever being filled up with gas, so it may not need no. fuel. It uh, We don't know if it takes premium, unleaded, special, I mean, diesel. What does it take? Premium, you know? dude. Blood. Premium. Um, do you like the car though? Do you like the story? I think it's pretty badass. I think it's pretty rad. It's a rad story. A fucking evil car that like murders people. Yeah. It's kind of metal. It's metal. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like Rob Zombie's hit song, Dragula. Um, chicken, chicken, chicken and egg time though. Which came first? Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. The Golden Eagle story, or Christie? It's not an actual eagle, Andy. <laughs> I'm going to make a Golden Eagle omelet. Didn't he? Yeah, didn't hatch out of an egg. Which came um, first? Did, did 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 is who's 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 copying who here? Is uh, I this, think Golden Eagle came first. I think to me, Golden Eagle seems like a local legend. Okay, a piece of little lore of of this. Little tiny town. I don't know. Not tiny town, but town in Maine. And I think I don't. I'm not saying Stephen King fucking stole it. I'm just saying like the idea of a car that murders a demon possessed car that murders people is not something that is so uh, wildly creative that uh, multiple people couldn't come up with it. Am I right? Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't even think that Stephen King's. Christine is like completely original. I think there are other like stories in literature that are somewhat based on the same kind of principle. Like, you know, you can write demon possessed anything and it's like, there you go. You got your fucking horror story. It's like goosebumps style, you know, like demon possessed segue. I I actually, I, I, I feel the opposite (laughs) way of you on this art. I think really? I think that the Golden Eagle is derivative of Christine. Interesting. Uh here's here's my thinking. All right. So allegedly if this is a local legend, right? This car, this would have been like m- multiple decades before Stephen King wrote Christine. Uh it was published right. in 1983. Um yet Nothing, there's no payoff to the Golden Eagle that you can find in any, like, actual accounts or anything. Uh, now, ah, thoroughly, through truly, like, I don't think that a lot of journalists have thoroughly investigated the the Golden Eagle myth. You know, it's one of these... Which is... Shocking yeah, that this hasn't happened. Such a travesty. <laughs> I mean, there's so many claims. investigative journalists haven't really dug into this one. But, um, you know... the. I don't, there's not a payoff for anything that the Golden Eagle does until 
you know, that you can verify at all until like the early 2000s at the earliest or even the like almost 2010s. You know, it's like you finally start seeing stuff in like 2009 uh, that relates to things that allegedly happened uh, under the influence of the Golden Eagle. Um, So I kind of feel like Stephen King did it first. Stephen King Stephen did King it. King Stephen did King, it. King did it. Stephen King did it. Yeah, well, I you bring up a good point. I think I think there's more to gain by copying Stephen King than there is from Stephen King copying a local legend. Um is that what you're kind of getting at too? No, no, I don't know that there's anything to gain from um copying Stephen King truthfully. I mean, I think that he would have more to gain uh honestly cuz he wrote a you know, he wrote a, a novel that sold a lot of copies. He wrote a movie that's like become, it was ba- then transformed into a movie that's become like a cult classic. Uh, so I think if he stole the story, he, he gained from it. Um, you know, if Wendy True. Allen copied Stephen King, I don't know. I don't know what she got out of it. Necessarily. I mean, you a better know, there's, online there's like the story of, yeah, well, I mean, we're talking yeah, about Yeah, right? <laughs> That's true. Um Yeah, I mean, I guess you're kind of right. I don't know. Part of me just thinks that like who knows? I don't know. This this things things you you attribute things like, "Oh man, that fucking we attribute things to inanimate objects even when it's like not their fault, you know? It's just like that damn thing is fucking possessed. I can't get it to work no matter how hard I try. You know, like it's like that damn fucking blender. <laughs> That's my next book, The Demon Possessed Blender. <laughs> I can't wait. Its name is um Its name is Rebecca. Rebecca. Rebecca the Blender. Rebecca the Blender. Uh <laughs> A Ham- Look yeah, out. is that a uh, Sunbeam or a Hamilton Beach? <laughs> it's actually a uh, GB. Oh, G-E. GE. It actually it's a, it's a, it's a vitamin. Oh wow! Oh, oh excuse yeah. me. Yeah, so you really you better watch out. This professional blender. Oh yeah, it's part of my uh, my series of uh, my possessed uh, my haunted kitchen series. <laughs> you. The possessed blender, Rebecca. You've got, uh, you've got, uh, you've got Chelsea, the toaster, the possessed right. toaster. You've got, um, you've got uh, Jane, the uh, the possessed uh, cutting board. Oh, I get it. I get it. You ripped off the <laughs> a possessed cutting board. You ripped off the. Uh, you so useless. You ripped off the brave little toaster for this. How could what could a possessed cutting board ever do to you? Uh, retain E. coli. Oh no, it spreads salmonella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you better watch out. Yeah. So you you ripped off the brave little That's- toaster for this. <laughs> it's it's it started as a brave little toaster fanfic and then it quickly morphed into a haunted kitchen series it's just tons of things are spreading off all over the place yeah. you know what can i say i'm just uh i'm just a very imaginative yeah, writer very- and a very 
I'm very good at stealing other people's work and claiming it as my own. <laughs> You're an excellent plagiarist. Yes, yeah, that's true. That's the fact about you. Um, no, I definitely, I, I don't know. Part of me just feels like it's like a little local legend and that the people of Old Orchard Beach kind of had about this, these evil cars and that, I don't know, the Allen family just kind of picked up on it. I just have to feel like if this was a local legend, you know, it's not like the, uh, it's not like the, uh, uh, the golden eagle has, you know, it, some, some people have like talked about it before. Um, so right. I kind of feel like wouldn't, wouldn't at some point somebody be like in, uh, in old orchard beach say, I know about that thing. Of course I've heard of this car. But I don't see that anybody yeah, did I that. Yeah, I mean, maybe not local legend. Maybe it's just a story that comes with the fucking car that people use to sell it. You know, that's actually a pretty good marketing tool is if you attribute um, like a story to something that you want to sell on eBay, you can like, like, like something like saying that something has some kind of value other than its intrinsic value. Like uh, it's like, or like it's, primary function you know like you're trying to sell some fucking like old wrench on ebay and you like write a bunch of stories about it like oh this where it was used and all the meaning from it i think like you'll be able to get it sold or something i don't know maybe it's something like that like people are like oh we need to offload this shitty fucking car that's whose seatbelts and doors don't work what kind of uh gas mileage does this get oh not very good but it is possessed by demons yeah. <laughs> so it's got that going for it. And much like the Golden Eagle itself, it was put into neutral and pushed down a hill, and the story has fucking snowballed from there. <laughs> they pushed it down a hill, and the hill uh, led right into town. And so the car was just careening by itself through the city uh, and then drove straight out to the pier, totally unoccupied, carried only by momentum, and just... Splashed yeah. into the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, I mean, the story the the story I'm gonna say story is pretty insane. Like the the fact that like an entire town would band together to fucking like tear apart a car. Yeah. Why wouldn't they chop it up or light it on fire or drive it off of a cliff? It's a very Simpsons esque moment, right? Like <laughs> one thing happens. It's such a Simpsons esque moment. There's. There's just there's there's five murders and then all of a sudden the town's worked up into a frenzy about a car. But it's very Simpsons-esque, the whole town coming together to form a mob and then splitting a car in two by uh tying ropes <laughs> around the two bumpers and then just ripping it in half. I mean, I don't like is this physically possible? I mean, surely they had to cut the car as well. Yeah, you would just pull the yeah, bumpers off, surely, I imagine. Uh surely that would not um you know, the, uh, it's linked. It's like Dragon Ball Z. It's like the car split into seven equal parts scattered across the globe. <laughs> One person, Wendy Allen, the, the sea witch needs to find it. Um, you know, the, uh, to summon the dragon to make a wish that Avalok and Siri will be <sighs> shipped together for real in the actual lore of the Witcher. I knew that instantly that that was a witcher reference but 
before researching this topic, I would not have known that. Hey, I'm glad you learned something about something that I care Finally, about, Andy, for, for once. once. Something you care about. Um, who in the Simpsons universe would be driving the trucks to pull? Like, whose trucks would they use? Would they use? Would Homer get into his snowplow, or did he get oh, rid of the that snowplow? The the immediately disappears at the end of uh, Mister Plow. Uh, you never see the snowplow oh, okay. again. Um, I have to imagine um, that there's usually like. Mo is usually a pretty big instigator in a mob. Um, so I would imagine that he'd probably be driving one of the trucks. Um, this car was dissing my flag, girl. <laughs> I'm giving it one of these. Um, and then, you know, the other the other truck, mm, it's a good question. Maybe Krusty? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Krusty? I don't know. Well, if you out there are big Simpsons fans yeah. and you have an idea of who would be in the truck's Pulling apart the Golden Eagle in the Simpsons episode covering the Golden Eagle. Let us know at MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. Which Simpsons character? Yeah, please. I I would love to hear what other people think about who the truck drivers would be. Um, So here's a question. Lay it on me. Who would win? Okay. The Golden Eagle or Gravedigger the Monster (laughs) Truck? This is a tough one. This is a tough one, right? I mean, Golden Eagle has survived a lot of damage. Golden Eagle has decapitated people. Golden Eagle has burned people's skin off. Golden Eagle can allegedly teach someone how to hack and embezzle money from a town's computer. <laughs> um, Golden, it can drive 200 miles per hour. I mean, Gravedigger, you know, is huge and crushes cars like the Golden Eagle. Um are we talking about Golden Eagle in its prime or Golden Eagle today? Let's say prime Golden okay. Eagle. Because I was going to say, if it's today, then Gravedigger hands down. Because Golden Eagle today, as far as we know, is not operational. It's in That's pieces. Right. Um, uh, Golden Eagle prime versus Gravedigger prime. Mm, wow. Um, two of my favorite characters from the Transformers spinoff. <laughs> um. I have to go with the Golden Eagle because wow. what it lacks in raw, like, physical power, it makes up for by, as far as we know, Gravedigger cannot operate itself. So all That's the Golden right. Eagle has That's to right. do is convince the Gravedigger operator to take their own life. Yeah, or just burn them alive or, or do them. any of its yeah. others. Yeah, shoot lightning. That's true. It can shoot lightning. You didn't think about that. No, that would totally blow up Gravedigger's A lot of tires. lightning painted on the side of Gravedigger, but it doesn't actually shoot any lightning. Okay, well, Golden Eagle takes that one. What about okay. this? Golden Eagle versus Dragula, a.k.a. Herman Munster's drag racing car shaped like a <gasps> coffin built for speed. <laughs> And the inspiration for Rob Zombie's hit song, Dragon. Oh, wow. Now, this is from the classic TV show, The Munsters, a favorite of mine, which ran from 1964 to 1966. Is this really a favorite of you, The Munsters? I used to watch The Munsters, actually, wow. a lot. I, I really enjoyed okay. it. Um, yeah, I enjoyed The Munsters. I used to watch Three's Company. I watched Different Strokes. 
Those were kind of weird sitcoms that I used to watch as a child. You watch different strokes while uh, making your vinegar strokes. <laughs> Whoever was uh, Gary Coleman's dad on that show was a real fucking hunk. <laughs> oh, what a fucking babe. Um, you know, he was the sex appeal of that show for families. Um, wait, what is the question again? The Golden Eagle. Who wins? Grave or Grave Digger? Uh, Golden Eagle or Dragula? Oh, Dragula, that's right. Uh, Dragula is a coffin-shaped drag car. It's a drag racer. In the episode, Herman Munster kind of has a little, uh, like a midlife crisis, and he starts um, acting like a greaser, and like he starts getting really, he starts acting like a teenager again. He gets really into cars, and it's for comedic effect. And so he tries to go drag racing. He built. He has some like sh- piece of shit car. And so eventually, Grandpa Grandpa Monster right. builds a uh, a coffin shaped drag racing car built for speed. Okay. So now instead of I mean, Golden Eagle can go two hundred miles per hour, but I imagine so could Dragula. Yeah, I'd have to think so. Dragula's got a little bit of that dark energy, demonic. I mean. The monsters built him. They're monsters. (laughs) They are monsters. Um, Okay, so I remember Dragula. That or their very tasty German cheese. Either one. Uh, I remember Dragula from the show. Like, I remember seeing it. Uh, Let's see. I think you found the cop-out, though, which is that Golden Eagle can can kill operators of other vehicles through various means. I mean, let's be honest. Golden Eagle is a bit of a Mary Sue. And uh, then there's nothing that those cars could do. But but Golden Eagle does not need a driver. Golden Eagle is like the Superman of superhero battles, you know? Yeah. It's like Batman needs to have kryptonite gloves and like a kryptonite weapon to even stand a chance in like a huge fucking bat suit to even stand a chance against Superman. Superman could just fucking laser blast his goddamn dick off and he'd be dead in two <laughs> seconds. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, so fucking yeah, loser. The, uh, the Golden Eagle has a kind of has that trump card, right? Um, but what, what is it? I mean, Herman Munster, Herman Munster can survive an electrocution shock. So the Golden Eagle's I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna argue the Golden Eagles' lightning powers are are yeah. moot because if Herman Munster is driving that car and you shock him in the in the neck he's he's a Frankenstein he's he's that doesn't matter he's impervious. Um, do we know anything about the Dragula's powers? It goes really fast. It was just built, built for, for speed. speed. Just just so that they could win back the Munster coach. That's right. Um. Yeah. So it's. Oh, that's right. He he enters the Munster coach and it loses horribly. Yeah, in Hot Rod Herman, he lost the the coach, the family car. So that's why Grandpa Munster builds the Dragula. Um. Yeah, if it only goes fast, I mean, man, a Munster pilot though is kind of a wild card, right? But I still got to give the edge to the Golden Eagle. I think. 
I just don't know enough about the capabilities of the Dragula other than going I mean, fast. we know that the Golden Eagle's weakness are its front and back bumper when pulled with equal force That's at both ends. Very it true. will split apart like a hamburger. So we can only assume that the only way Dragula could ever win is if it somehow tied the... Herman Munster would have to tie a rope to the front bumper of Golden Eagle and then tie it to some kind of post and then use the Dragula to to pull the other end, which I'm just sorry. I don't think he's ever going to... I don't think that's ever going to happen. It's, it's a tricky maneuver. Um, You know, since you're such a fan of the Munsters, maybe you already know this, but uh, the actual Dragula that they used on set... um. Is uh, is it the Volo Auto Museum in Volo, Illinois? Oh, hey, I didn't know that. So it's uh, we should go visit it's it within driving distance. The Dragula is actually a little bit more of a golden eagle than golden eagle because of the color. Dragula, in, yeah, Dragula in real life is like much more. Yeah, gold. it's very golden. Which really, golden eagle is it's like isn't it like copper colored? Uh, yeah, it's, it should really be the copper hawk. Yeah, it's in the pictures. I mean, again, there's not very many pictures available. It, it, it's like an orange metal flake paint is is what it's described as. It's hard. It's hard as in the photographs did, to see if it's actual metal flake, but it does have a an orange color. Did Wendy ever give a reason for calling it the Golden Eagle? Uh, no, not that I saw. Other than, uh, other than, <laughs> other than to change the name. Um. You know, so it wasn't named Christine anymore. Oh. Because it, it was originally called Christine by Dr. Lark Rochelle. And then when Wendy bought the car from her dad, then the name was changed to the Golden Eagle. And I guess after they pulled well, it apart Andy, limb from limb, they should have called it the Spread Eagle. Oh, <laughs> that'll teach that stupid fucking car, <laughs> am I right, dude? <laughs> yeah. That'll show that car. Whoa, hang on oh, a minute. Okay. Andy, did you hear that? Wait, what is it? Kind of kind of sounds like an engine revving. Oh. Kind of sounds like like an engine revving, and then, then there's some, like, vrooms, some vroom vrooms, and... and it's getting closer. And- oh my God! Are you, Art? Are you okay? Art? He's not okay anymore, <laughs> brother. <laughs> what? Uh, is this it's Hulk Hogan? Me, the Golden oh, Eagle. No. It's the Golden Eagle. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now I get it. The vrooming. <laughs> You're actually the Golden Eagle. The the yeah, car? I'm the golden eagle. I'm the I'm the golden eagle, baby. Well, you passed the sound check. Uh, whoa, golden yeah. eagle. We're 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 talking about you today. Yeah, I know. I heard. I oh. I was aware. Okay. Uh, gosh, I guess since you're here, do you mind if I if I ask you a few questions? Yeah, you can ask me anything, brother. Remember, but then I'm gonna hunt you down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Golden Eagle. What gives? 
You get a demon Please. inside you or what? My father's name was Golden Eagle. Just call me Christine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christine, what gives? You got a demon in you or what? Yeah, brother, I'm possessed by a rad demon who loves driving fast, smoking doobies out in the Amish, <laughs> and having a good-ass fucking time. <laughs> Wait, is that why you drive yourself? So you could go smoke fat doinks in the Amish? My favorite movies are Fast and the Furious 4, Tokyo Drift. <gasps> go on. I like to play chicken. <laughs> like you pretend where you're a chicken? I like to eat chicken too. Vroom, vroom, vroom. <laughs> you like to loves chicken. <laughs> you like to eat chicken? Yeah, I love it. Uh, what's with all the murders and stuff, huh? That's just my style, brother bear. Oh, I get it. <laughs> vroom, vroom, baby. Hey, uh, Golden Eagle, are yeah, you hearing this? Up? Oh, I just hear the sounds of my fucking my engine purring like a kitty pussycat. No, no, it almost sounds like a, it almost sounds like a jet engine. Like a fighter jet. Oh my god. No, it can't be. It's getting closer. Oh no. Oh my god. It better not be. Hey, what's up, fucker? It's me, Chuck Yeager. Oh god fucking damn it, it's Chuck Yeager. Fastest man alive. I got a score to settle with you, Christine. Yeah, I'm sure you do, you son of a bitch. I took you out to the Alkali Salt Flats in 1972. You said you could go 230 and you only went 215. That odometer was fucking busted. You had the Mythbusters out there timing us. And we both know that Adam Savage and Jamie, the uh, walrus looking one, he fucking, uh, they fudge the rules in your favor, Chuck, because they That's bullshit, you. that's bullshit. I, I, that fucking stunt, that cost me $280,000. You'll never become the speed racer I, until I fucking, I won't stop murdering until I fucking find you and murder you, and then you won't become the speed you racer. You fucking can't find what you can't see. I'm going faster than the speed of sound. I still got your little monkey who wears overalls sitting in my trunk. Oh, I swear to God. If you don't give me back that chimpanzee, I'll come down there and tear you a new exhaust hole. Oh, I'd like to see you try. How big is your fucking beer gut these days, Chuck Yeager? Vroom, vroom, vroom. It's big enough to f- fuck you. Hey. <laughs> I'll shoot lightning. Hey. I'll fucking burn hey. your hands off. You're in pieces hey. in a goddamn garage. I'll put myself together. I flew here in a goddamn fighter jet. The Air Force doesn't know that I do that. <laughs> yeah, we both caused property damage today. We both caused property damage today to these innocent men who run a fantastic podcast that I enjoy listening to. From Chuck before. Yeager causes property damage every day. What an honor it is to cause property damage to Andy and Art. Two podcast hosts who I admire greatly. I may have broken the sound barrier, but they broke the noise barrier. And they also broke their the hearts of millions. With their hunkish good looks and their winning yeah. personalities. Oh, yeah. Give me $280,000, you fucking car. <laughs> Chuck Yeager, you might be a damn dirty, rotten son of a bitch, and I swear to God, as my final act on this 
on this mortal plane before I am sentenced to the nine, I'm sorry, the 13 hells of car hell. Because we have a separate hell. It's a separate system, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be a car priest. <laughs> That's right. The Church of Toyota. We both were members of the Church of Toyota for a little while. We had a stint. I don't practice anymore. Well, we were both. We don't practice anymore. It, it got a little weird. That thing's a cult. It's too official. There were, yeah. Regardless, you're a damn dirty rotten son of a bitch, but I I agree with you on your opinion of Andy and Art and Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Die Podcast. Golden Eagle, you are a son of a bitch, but god damn it if I don't respect that opinion. You'll never get that money out of me. I've got it stashed away. In your big ass trunk. Yeah, my trunk is huge. It's like a bottomless pit. I'm gonna come over there. I've been drinking all day. I'm going to come over there. So many Fergie songs have been written about my, the back of my self. Wait, you wrote the songs for Fergie? Been drinking all day? You're a, f- oh. wait, what? Sorry, vroom, I'm vroom. not following. I didn't catch that. Vroom, vroom. I've had too much to drink. Oh, you're a damn dirty drunk. That's why you couldn't pilot me correctly. Look, I can drive in a straight line any day. I'm a fucking. I fly airplanes drunk. Oh, I'm a, I'm. I'm a lone, I'm a lone rider, Chuck Yeager. I'm Chuck fucking Yeager. If I don't drink Yeager, I'm not Chuck Yeager. I'm just Chuck. Well, if anyone is still listening, this is what happens when two alpha male fucking engine revving honking chads with huge hogs. That's right, my tailpipe is my hog. <laughs> this is what happens when they collide. It is not pretty. You won't like it, but damn if it isn't magnificent. You mess with a Chuck Yeager, you get a Sidewinder missile right up your patootie. Well, Chuck Yeager, I'll see you in the 13 Hills, you son of a bitch. I gotta go back to Old Orchard. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, undisclosed location in I'm Maine. I'm about to fly my F 69 out to Maine and fuck you up. I need that money. <laughs> oh, I'd like to see you try to fit your tiny ass little penis inside of my humongous trunk. You couldn't fuck me. You couldn't pleasure me if you liked. That's right. We're sexual. We've had sex before. It's not a big deal. That's why there's so much animosity. It's not really about the salt flats. It's about our sexual bias. Vroom, vroom. It's about our tension in our relationship. You couldn't service me. That's why you have to stick to planes. I've had about enough of this. I'm going to get back in my jet and drunkenly fly to Maine and find you. Good luck. I'm in a hidden location before I, the rest of me is scattered. <laughs> like ashes to the wind. Like ashes to the wind, Chuck Yeager. Uh, Jesus. Whoa. What the Yikes. fuck? Oh, there's tire marks everywhere, Andy. There's jet exhaust inside my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. I think the Golden Eagle and Chuck Yeager hacked and took over our podcast this, to air out some they beef. Physically somehow took over our equipment 
And also, we're in our homes. I mean, incredible. We had the Golden Eagle right here, and we could have wow. talked to it, but it it just wanted to talk about having sex with Chuck Jeez. Yeager and their past. As anybody, as anybody F, would do. His F-69. Chuck Yeager and his F-69. Breaking the sound barrier. Wow. Breaking yeah. hearts, too. Um I would have liked to have chalked Incredible. Uh, I think he'd be fascinating. I think that you'd hear a lot of uh, Golden Eagle-esque stories from Chuck Yeager. Yeah. I would love to hear some stories. Um, well, I mean, I don't know, Andy. Do you got anything else you want to say about this uh, car? Or, uh, should we get to verdicts here um, or what? Yeah, I think that we could get to verdicts. Uh, is there anything else that that you want to bring up, Art? I mean, I think that uh, I think I've made my <laughs> piece. <laughs> Unlike Chuck Yeager and the Golden Eagle, we've made peace. Would you um, drive the Golden Eagle? Would you drive it? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, wow. Uh, well, I'll tell you my answer, and you might have expected it. Much like the die book box, I would not drive the Golden right. Eagle, and I would not touch it. Um, um, you know, I'm a superstitious person, and whether, whether you know, I know that probably mo- in my mind, the logical part of my brain knows that most of the bad stuff that happened to the people who touched the Golden Eagle or came into contact with the Golden Eagle was unrelated, but I just can't help it, Andy. A good... Uh, even a B movie plot horror movie, <laughs> yeah. Um, story like this one, just ooh, I just can't get. I over have it. to lean back on that. There's no evidence that anybody's ever even driven the Golden Eagle. As far as we know, it just set, you know, in amongst uh, weeds and plants uh, and bushes on Wendy Allen's property for a long time, and we don't even know that anybody actually ever drove it it's entirely possible that Wendy bought the car and then never drove it even once yes entirely possible it was driven but you yourself Andy you come across it do you drive it um yeah what the hell why not wow you're a little thrill nobody ever drowns in the ocean it just washes back up to shore and then you get out That's true. This thing can uh, survive multiple trips into the Atlantic um, Ocean. I think that I did say I would look inside the die book box, right? Yeah, you, you. I, if I remember, you uh, very confidently said, "Yeah, fuck the die book box. I, I'll touch that thing yeah. all day long. I'll finger yeah. that thing." Is what you think? <laughs> that you probably said. was my exact quote. I would do the same <laughs> thing to the Golden Eagle. I'll sprawl out in the wow. back seat. I'll take a nap. Jeez, I'll ride in the trunk. You'll get, uh, you'll pull up for some uh, <laughs> curbside uh, hot dogs and chili cheese fries and have them delivered via a roller skating uh, attendant. Yeah, I'll go to the local, uh, the local uh, drive-in, couple of frosty top root beers, chug a lug, uh, a few dozen chili dogs, uh, a couple of cokes, uh, some fries, onion rings. Uh, wow! Yeah. 
Wow, wow, wow. Then I'll fart inside the Golden Eagle. You'll crop dust it. Crop dust the Golden Eagle. I don't care. Um, well, Andy, why don't you go ahead and uh, you'll drive it, but what's your verdict on the, the story? Um, all right. So, you know, I guess what we're really considering here is that is there something supernatural going on with this car? Uh, right. Uh, right. We're, we're trying to decide if there's something happening with this car that's uh, leading people to commit suicides or uh, commit other crimes. Um, I'm giving it plausible quirk. <laughs> what? Yeah. Are you for real? For real. Uh, you're not going case closed. You, Andy, hater of all things you paranormal. You thought that I was going to go case closed. And I thought that I was going to go case closed. Vanquisher. Uh, as well. Vanquisher. Um, here, here's, uh, I don't, I don't actually, what I think is that the Golden Eagle lore is all a, Fantastic creation of Wendy Allen. Uh, right. Like I said, I have no evidence to suggest that anybody even has ever driven this car uh, with a verify anything that's happened. I think that uh, Wendy is a person who watches the news or reads newspapers. And I think that Wendy is a person who has an axe to grind with the community uh, in Old Orchard Beach, uh, Wendy is right. um, an interesting person. I would even go as far as to say an eccentric person. And yeah, uh, without knowing Wendy personally, of course, I'm saying this. Uh, but Wendy comes off as an eccentric person. Um, obviously, there were some issues in which caused the town of old orchard beast to see some animals on wendy's property um <laughs> there's some insinuation throughout wendy's writing that this might have been due to uh like hazardous conditions you've seen probably some of these things happen before in other jurisdictions uh because allegedly there were a lot of feces in wendy's home and that's why these animals were were seized um that's why I tried to have you. Yeah, repossessed. but they're never getting in here. Yeah, you've you've made a it's feces more, fort. It's more feces than floor now. <laughs> um, but I would I would venture to say that this is a sore subject, and likely that some of the people that are targeted in the Golden Eagle lore are actual people. Uh, that may have been involved in Wendy's life uh, in some point or another. And that's why they're being called out or there's references to them. Otherwise, I think it's more of like, in some ways, it's kind of like uh, Dick Wolf fan fiction uh, where it's ripped from the headlines uh, and then put into the lore mm. about the Golden Eagle. Um, but I, I think that uh, to me, it seems like Oh, by the way, I should mention too, the feces. Um, what Wendy says about the feces <laughs> is that somebody... You always yeah, say that. Speaking of the feces, uh, Wendy says that the feces were there because somebody came by and pumped them into the house. That this was a, an act of, of terrorism, basically, that feces were pumped Boy, somebody called... 
somebody called Martin Luther, and uh, he's he's. This is a real nine, feces thesis, huh? Ninety-five feces. That's me when I. Ninety-five that's me feces. When I get up in the morning. Uh, <laughs> posting my ninety-five feces in the toilet floor. Um. That's uh, that's quite the claim. Yeah. I mean, and it's a it's, but it's a lot of stuff like right, like that. You know, yeah. the the lore is that. There's a lot of creative writing. Uh, Wendy, Wendy's. Is, <laughs> um, there's a lot of creative writing links and help and uh, info on uh, Wendy's website as well. Wendy wink, is a wink. published uh, author, um, you know, and Wendy has offered her services to lots of people as a helper in your creative writing. She writes weird fiction, horror, like bizarre fiction, uh, and Dungeons and Dragons. There's stuff for Dungeons and Dragons exactly. on there. That I think that the lore of the Golden Eagle fits in very well with uh with uh what wendy does uh in in writing and i think that it's a there's a connection with stephen king i mean who knows about wendy's past and family uh that information's not very easy to find um but this whole incident with the it's, it's things like the house being cut in half and being moved somewhere else this was you know when there's like yeah. suicides in the 1960s, you may not find anything, right? Like it just might not be anywhere online, uh, which is how we're doing the bulk of the research, right? You know, um, because it could be in some old newspaper in a small town that's just not available digitally at all. Um, so maybe there's right. some truth to it, but it's stuff like the house being cut in half. I just surely that would be a story when somebody's house is stolen. <laughs> from off of their property <laughs> without their permission cut in half and then moved by a home mover uh i mean and and there's a reference to to there being a three-year you know court proceedings after that that's public record yet i find nothing uh in research i find only this this case that went to the main supreme court where the supreme court in maine basically said that the district court did the right thing uh, and dealt with the matter uh, in a very uh, patient way. Uh, that's in the filing, actually. Um, so I just I think that I think that most of this is is just uh, myth making, uh, basically about this car. Um, but you know what? I'm going to leave the door open just a smidge. Um, that wow. maybe maybe some. Maybe some of these things, because we can't refute everything, uh, is the thing. So there's some True. stuff, there's, there's big, there's huge holes in this story, but there's some things that there's not necessarily a hole because I can't, I can't blow a hole in it. I don't have any enough information to do that. So, you know, maybe it's possible that this car was on the old orchard beach police force and maybe some police officers did commit suicide or something. And eventually it came in to, uh, Wendy's family and Wendy's uh, been inspired by it to make a creative story. I think no matter what, it's kind of a good story. It's an interesting story. I mean, it's a fun B movie yeah. horror plot story yeah. for sure. But I, I feel like a lot of the details uh, are sort of like a, in a way, like a, like a young person writing a story where it's like, Oh, but also, it's really hard to open the hood. Right. And it's really hot to the touch. Yet 
yet Stephen King fans <laughs> steal parts of it. There's some incongruities in the whole lore. So it's like you just it's like one of these you ever draw a car as a kid and you just keep adding stuff and then eventually you just keep drawing like little like metal arms off of the car to add more stuff to it. Yeah, yeah, it has this and it yeah. also has this and it can't be yeah, beat by exactly. that. So it feels it feels a little like that to me, but it's a fun story. It's like people who like Space Marines and uh, Warhammer 40K. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll take your word for it. Ooh, I know I I know I I know I offended oh boy, a few okay. people with that one. Yeesh. I'm just okay. joking. A lot of I'm hot just takes from today. You can like you can like Space Marines if you like, but I'm a Xenos guy. What can I say? I like my <laughs> aliens. Um Purge me for being a heretic. Okay. I don't care. Um Andy, I think that's a fair take. You know, we're kind of we're seeing a little bit of early bunker Andy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not early bunker Andy where he would leave the, leave door, the door open. open. I mean, uh, you never yeah, know. That's, that's uh I I did away with that a lot recently and like I said I was ready to uh I was ready to to say case closed on this. But it's like I said, you know, I I don't really believe any of it. But Maybe there's some truth to it. There might be an element of truth. Maybe. Well, you know, uh, in the, I'll, 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 I'll throw, I'll, uh, I'll fill her up. I'll, I'll top okay. you off, Andy. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the attendant and I'll get, uh, I'll get us topped off here. I'll top off our. Uh, Can I get lubed? <laughs> We'll get it lubed. We'll get it serviced. We'll take out that stinky water, uh, uh, stinky soapy water, and wash our windshield clean. And uh, I'll match you. I'll go okay. plausible cork. I like it for fun, for yeah. the element of fun. Because in the same vein, I don't. Uh, yeah, I think this is a really fun story. But uh, yeah, there's there's not much going on here. I mean, in a way. If a small town all believe that this this car is a haunted car that kills people, you know, hey, maybe that's enough to make it real for some people, right? Uh, but I don't know. I'm also going to match you plausible quirk. Uh, the the closest uh plausibility negative plausibility rating you can have before you're a case closed and um yeah, we're right that was our verdicts on here. oh right at the tip right at the the antenna tip <laughs> just the um, very tip of the that year. go ahead the, that the was very our verdicts. tippy tip tip of the tip the, the those were our verdicts and um the tip just the tip let us know the what at the just tip, tip the tippy we can't stress it enough. It's like the tippy tip tip. Anyway, those if were this our was verdicts, a former and, vice uh, presidential spouse. This is tipper gore. This is how far <laughs> in the tip we are. Those are you our know, verdicts. Uh, <laughs> those are our verdicts, and 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 much like a fedora, it is tipping tip. Just the the slightest tip, m'lady. My golden eagle, just at the tip. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But those we'll were our verdicts. Remember to tip your weight staff. <laughs> yeah. And here's a tip. Bring an umbrella when it rains. 
I tell you, uh, I get no those tips. Those were our verdicts, though, yeah, actually. those were our verdicts. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Use the hashtag. Andy, I think you said it e- earlier, Spread Eagle. <laughs> yeah, hashtag Spread Eagle. Let's see what other let let's us see know what, what other think. conversations uh your tweets get looped into with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh email us mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. Uh tweet at us at mrbunkerpod. Find us on Instagram at mrbunkerpod. Uh find us on YouTube, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast, and Twitch, Mr. Bunker's Pod. Um Wow. Whew, whew. Well, Andy, um, We've driven a long way to get where we are right now. Yeah, truly. At the end of this yeah. episode. Uh, uh, do you have any last words for any Golden Eagle enthusiasts? What would you add? What what superpower would you give the Golden Eagle that it doesn't Ooh, already have? Oh, wow. Great question. Um, I guess I'd give it the... Uh, I'd make it much less effective. I'd give it the ability to feel love. <laughs> what? So that when it does all these things, like it can't stop itself, but it would have severe regret. I think that would make it a much more conf- that's, that's conflicted fucking terrible. Car. That's like a psychological yeah, horror yeah. story. So the car can't stop killing, but it has instant regret. Geez, I thought you'd go with something like, oh, I don't know, replace the cigarette lighter with a fleshlight. <laughs> <laughs> that was my you know how you do. Two. I did yeah. that in my own car. <laughs> now just, geez, that's why yeah, you drive slip everywhere. Slip my hog huh? into the cigarette lighter while I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Um, well, anyway, for the. Um, for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my indomitable. Whoa. Wow. Co-host. Nice. Yeah. Andy Hart, I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Honk, honk. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from.